Hello, I'm Natasha Mirosh. And I'm Sam Donsky. Welcome to Extra Virgin Postcards, where we invite a guest from around the world to share what they love about where they live, the best things to see and do, and where and what to eat. You'll get insights that only a local would know. So whether you're looking for destination inspiration, or you're just armchair travelling, let this Extra Virgin Postcard take you away. Hello, my name is John Hunter. I run my own media companies specialising in journalism, PR, marketing and events organisation. And I live in Rugby, in rural Warwickshire, in the heart of England. It's about 10 miles from the historic city of Coventry, and just a bit further down the road is England's second city, Birmingham. Rugby is a town in England's Midlands region. Being centrally located makes it an ideal base to get anywhere in the British Isles. Nowhere is too far, which is perfect for me, but more of that a little later. I moved here around 25 years ago, having grown up on the edge of London. It was a great job opportunity on a local newspaper that brought me up here. I guess rugby's biggest claim to fame is that it's the birthplace of the game of the same name. As the story goes, William Webb Ellis, with a fine disregard for the rules of football, picked up the ball and ran with it. In fact, it was another former pupil, Tom Willis, who's credited with bringing the game to Australia, where it morphed into Australian rules football. Rugby school is slap bang in the middle of the town. You really can't miss it. And it's a place I know very well. My wife is the head of marketing there, and my daughter is one of the pupils. In fact, my wife's office looks out over the hallowed turf where the game originated. But actually, its connection with sport goes deeper than that. The founder of the International Olympic Committee, Pierre de Coubertin, made no secret of the role rugby school and its famous headmaster, Dr Thomas Arnold, played in inspiring him to found the modern Olympic Games. He was an educational reformer in France and visited the school on several occasions. He's even said to have spent a night in the chapel, which is where it is claimed he had his light bulb moment for the modern Olympics. The establishment was also immortalised in Thomas Hughes' book, Tom Brown's School Days. The town is constantly developing. It was a small town of around 2,500 people until the mid-1800s, when the arrival of the railway changed everything, thanks to its position as a major rail junction. In fact, much of the older town is made up of terraces of former railway workers' homes. I lived in one for quite a few years when I very first moved here. As towns go, aside from the school, there's not a huge amount of impressive architecture, and there's a strange mix of old-fashioned and modern development. That said, I live on the edge of town, and I can be in the countryside, enjoying the landscape of rolling fields within a five-minute walk, and the surrounding villages are certainly quaint and attractive. Many visitors come to see the birthplace of rugby football, and it's not unusual to spot Japanese or South African tourists in particular peering through the railings for a better view of the famous close, that's the rugby and cricket pitches, where it all began. There's also the Webb Ellis Rugby Football Museum, and the World Rugby Hall of Fame in the town, both with a large range of artefacts and stories to tell. There's some great walking nearby too. You don't have to go too far to discover trails through the countryside for hiking, running and cycling. The Oxford Canal runs through the town and the nearby countryside, making for great breaks on the local waterways via a traditional narrowboat. It's one of my favourites, actually. And there are plenty of good waterside pubs on route, too. With direct train lines and great road connections, it's easy to visit the thriving metropolis that is Birmingham with its posh restaurants, elegant shops and bars. Coventry, which is the UK's City of Culture for 2021, Historic Warwick, or the Regency Splendour of Leamington Spa. Rugby lays claim to being the one-time home of a vast swathe of radio masks, which used to transmit the time signal to ensure the accuracy of clocks in the UK. The masks were a major landmark as you headed up the M1 motorways in London. These masks are also thought to have played a key role in communicating to ships and nuclear submarines, and apparently were major targets at the height of the Cold War. The site is now being redeveloped as a small town called Hulton, and its tuning fork restaurant is a great place for a filling English breakfast, using the finest local ingredients. 
If my daughter's not at school, we might head to Coventry Ice Rink. Ice skating's her passion, and it's something I've joined in with her over the last couple of years. The area is also home to some fantastic bars and music venues. I play in two bands, so between them, I've usually got two or three gigs a month, or at the very least, a rehearsal or two. If not, then I might take in a gig by a more established band, probably in Leamington, Coventry or Birmingham. I love cooking, so perhaps don't eat out as often as I should. I'm a massive fan of Italian, Chinese and Indian food, so this is what I would typically cook on a weekend. As one of the organisers of Europe's largest countryside festival, the Game Fair, I'm also a keen advocate of field to fork, whether that's freshly picked vegetables or cooking what you shoot or catch. Game Meat is enjoying a real resurgence in the UK at the moment, in part due to a number of initiatives we've been championing. As a family, we have a decent-sized allotment in our garden and keep chickens too. The locals love our free-range organic eggs. If I do get a chance to go out and about, then there are certainly some decent options around. For a relaxed Sunday brunch and beer, Baco Lounge in the middle of the town is hard to beat. It's standard fare, really chilled. It's a fabulous place for catching up with friends. Or there's CV22. It's the eatery's name and its postal code, and it often hosts live music on the weekend. The aforementioned tuning fork serves up innovative meals all day, and of course the Midlands is the home of the curry. The intriguingly named Titash is a favourite haunt, either pre- or post-drinking, but you're sport for choice to Indian restaurants in the town. The Merchant's Inn is a fabulous old-world pub, black bang in the centre of town, with a passion for real ales and continental beers. And there's usually some kind of drinks festival going on, so it's always fun. Café Van Sank's another good bet. As you might have guessed, it's a restaurant with a charming French style and great options whether you're a meat-eater or vegetarian. In fact, if you fancy an indulgent drink beforehand, head up the spiral staircase. There's an intimate and elegant cocktail bar on the top floor. My insider tip for a trip here, book a tour of rugby school with a knowledgeable guide. Whether your interest is in the stunning architecture, history, literature, sport, or you just want to breathe in some old-world charm, it's a must-do. And, of course, you get to see that hallowed turf at first hand. Listen, thanks for having me. It's been wonderful sharing some of the secrets of the town. I really hope it's inspired and encouraged some of you to come and visit one day soon.